and when it comes to the future of our building. And each week, what I've done is I've tried to share just a little bit more about it, realizing this is an announcement section of our service, and I can only share so much, but I've been sharing a little bit about each week. In the first week, we talked about the process of getting to this point. The second week, we talked a little bit about the finances, and today, what I want to do is I want to talk briefly and give you a little bit more detail on the architectural plans because y'all this has been a unique journey okay a journey that began right after we purchased the property those of you that were here remember uh, when we did so let's start back in the beginning in the beginning the trustees team and the finance team they researched how much it would cost for architectural fees and we allocated that much in our budget and we began this process by paying a local architect to give us some preliminary schematics to get us started, okay? And we designed a building that would include everything we wanted, a, a lot of office space, a lot of childcare rooms, a lot of meeting areas. And here's a picture, I got a picture of that original floor plan. Now, these preliminary plans educated us a lot on the process, okay? And it provided us with a great starting point that we could kind of build on. And this was great for us, like I said, but we weren't ready all the way back then. We had just purchased property. We weren't ready to build just yet. So a few years later, fast forward, the trustees team did their due diligence and found this design build company who have built a few churches in the Columbus area and throughout the Southeast, who said that they would help us narrow those preliminary plans down and help us get some plans into something that was a little bit more affordable and a little bit more manageable. So we went through this detailed redesign phase of the building. And we spent a lot of time just trying to figure out what exactly we needed, what types of room, how much office space was adequate, how many bathroom stalls does it take, really. And here's a picture of those second set of plans. And by 2019, man, we were ready to move forward, okay? But we found that we just couldn't get on the same page with the design build company regarding the next steps and the requested substantial down payment. And at that time, we just did not have the adequate finances in place and we didn't want to request that size of a loan. So due to those circumstances, we chose not to move forward with the design build company and we were disappointed. I was disappointed in that. But, but. Soon we began to see how God's hand was at work. Now, also remember, this was 2019, okay? We still had a whole other year of collecting money, which y'all are so faithfully giving, into the capital campaign. So we decided, you know what? Let's wait. Let's wait till the end of the campaign. We'll wait till Easter 2020, and we'll see where we're looking financially before securing the right loan for us. And then everybody knows what happened. Easter 2020, March of 2020, we went into lockdown, and it just threw everything for a loop. But in the meantime, even during COVID, man, we still had that first set of plans. We had some great ideas in that second set of plans where we were able to narrow things down a little bit. And we're getting so close, we just needed a little help to get us over that finish line, right? So we found Ed Kindust, who came highly recommended by local contractors, who was able to revise those plans that we had, modify them, to better meet our needs and get us those code requirements. And he gave us all the mechanical and the electrical and the plumbing designs. If you know anything about this, you know what MEPs are. He got us all those that we needed. So I know I have given you a lot of details. I just want you to know this unique journey that we have been on. And looking back, 
I can see God's hand at work. And I know sometimes, I don't know if you're like me, but this is how God works in my life. Sometimes I'm not able to see where God has fully been at work until I'm on the other side of things and I'm looking back. And looking back on this process, two things. Number one, I am so glad that we had to stop, that we chose to stop in 2019. Because if we had found a way to use all of our money to start a building project that year, we wouldn't have had much in the bank and, and we would have had a huge bank loan to deal with during COVID. And that would have been stressful. Number two, remember how I said that we had a budget that we were working with at the very beginning for the typical cost of an architect. Even with these changes, we're still under budget. It's so amazing how God has taken care of us through all of this. It may have taken a little bit longer. We may have taken a a couple of different routes, but it was only so that we could be so very faithful with the finances. So where does that leave us now? I want you to know that we we recently received a lot of detailed architectural plans from Ed Kindus that include all the options of what comes next, okay? And we are so excited because we can start to see things taking shape and, and our building is becoming a reality. Now we're able to move to the building plans to those details of flooring and carpets and paint samples and faucet fixtures and design elements and chair rooms and brick samples and mortar colors. Doesn't that sound like fun? Who wants to make those, uh, who wants to make all those detailed uh, decisions? Anybody, anybody want to make those decisions? So we're in the middle of all that. And the reason that we're going through that right now is because we want to get something firm down so that when we get this bid, we know exactly the price that we're looking at. So I was talking to our trustees team about this, and I was talking to Peggy Hutchins. If y'all know Peggy Hutchins, she's on our trustees teams, own multiple properties around the area. And she came up to me, and she said, Preacher, I've been praying for somebody to help us with these details. And I said, Miss Peggy, I have been too. And then God answered that prayer because he reminded me that one of our church members, Debbie Simrel, is a local interior designer. She owns her own business, is very talented, experienced, comes highly recommended, and best of all, She's excited to serve her church family. So I told her where we were, the decisions that we had to make, and asked her if she would be interested, and she jumped on board 100% to help our trustees team out. And here's another great thing about having Miss Debbie serve with us. She emailed me a little while back, and she said, before I make any decision, before I try to determine what the next steps are, I just stop and I pray. I pray before I do anything with this church building. And isn't that what you want? Isn't that what you want when it comes to the team members who are deciding the big things to how much square footage we need to the little things to what type of faucets we're going to need in the restrooms? So here's what I did. I told you each week I've invited somebody to come out and pray for us during this process. And I've asked Bill and Debbie Simrel. Debbie's right here. I want to introduce her, have her come out. And Bill, and Bill, if you'll grab Stu's mic. And David, I don't know if I told you this. He's going to be grabbing Stu's mic to say a prayer this morning. And you may remember Bill. Bill was our board chairman last year. Um, And he continues to serve this church by being our lay leader this year. And we're so blessed to have them within our church family. So I'm going to ask them, since we're in the series of prayer, would y'all mind praying for us in the next steps and all the decisions that need to be made? Let us pray. Father, thank you for bringing us together as a congregation where we can study and grow under you. And we thank you for Jimmy and his leadership and his faithfulness, not just for this building project and not just every Sunday, but each and every day that we feel his love, his leadership, and his guidance. 
toward the goal that you set for us. Father, we thank you for the faithfulness of the people of the congregation, the support, the prayers, the giving, and the sharing of the truth and the wonderful love of this church to others in the area so they too can share in this building project. Father, we pray for the leadership team, the building committee, and all the volunteers and everyone that's supporting this effort in the church, that you give them strength and guidance and spiritual strength for when those decisions come up, that they'll be guided to do the right thing for those things that glorify you. Father, we ask that you continue to, to make this not just a opportunity, a challenge on building a building, but an opportunity to grow in our spiritual faith and our faithfulness and our love towards you. Because that's what this is really all about. The mm -hmm. challenges and the setback in the, in the past have helped strengthen us, and we thank you for that. Mm -hmm. And we know it's going to be even better in the future. And we look forward to the, the blessings that you give this church and the blessings that you stole upon the building when we put that out on Smith Road. And everyone in the area can see this a shining example of hope and love and truth in these sometimes challenging times. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much, Bill. And thank you, for De Debbie, too, for your help and service. Now, as I go through this every week, man, I know y'all have questions. And this week, man, I gave you a lot of details of everything. So I know you've got questions, and we're planning a church conference coming up. You know, when we get ready to break ground and move forward, which we are hoping, we are still moving forward. We're hoping that day comes soon. And when that happens, uh, we're going to call a church meeting together, and we'll share all the details of the finances and the specific building plans and all that kind of stuff. And, and you know what? Speaking of which... It's all readily available to you, so if you want to come by, please come and talk to me. Please come see me. Uh, I'll be happy to share more of any of those details with you. Now, I told you we're in a series of prayer, and I just spent a whole lot of time on the building. Be in prayer for it, okay? Let's jump into the message today dealing with prayer, because I want to talk about a certain type of prayer that everyone is going to need, okay? You're going to need to know how to pray this prayer, okay? If you don't need it today, you may need it this week, you may need it this month, you may need it this next year, whenever. We're going to talk about how to pray for healing, Okay, we're going to talk about how to pray for healing this morning. And as I bring this topic up, I'm praying for healing, I just continue to be amazed at what God is doing and has done through this church congregation. How God has answered those prayers for healing in the past. I want you to know that the Masseys are with us this morning. On March 7th, just a little bit ago, I met Lauren for the first time. She came to the Ridge on a Sunday morning with Don Trawick. And she was filling me in on her husband, Derek. And at that point, Derek had COVID, and he had been in the hospital for at least 50 days and had lost a lot of weight, and he was on the vent. And she wasn't really sure, and none of us were really sure what the next steps were going to be. And so she asked for prayer, and we did, and we grabbed some people, and we prayed for him. And a few weeks later, he came off the vent, recovered, walked out of the hospital, and is with us in worship this morning. And I praise God for that. Let me tell you about some of the cancer stories that we have that we've been praying for. We have little Lexi 
who is so strong, and everybody knows her story, and she is doing so well right now. We have Pat Bowman that just finished her chemo. We have Liz Mathis that just rang the bell just a few months ago. We have Nikki Warner, who was featured in the news. Y'all may have seen her story for her strength. We have Bob Storm that is done with his treatments and is back out there making coffee where he belongs, right? We have Alan Causey this morning that I've already mentioned that is back in church for the first time since the pandemic to see his grandbaby get baptized this morning. How awesome is that? And I'm sure that there are more stories out there. And I'm sure that I've missed a few. But here's the deal. Truth is, everybody's going through something in life. Everyone is. And if you don't think that you need healing right now, if you're just thinking, well, I don't need a physical type of healing, right? I I don't want you to check out of this message because chances are you may need a different type of healing in your life. Some of us, we need healing in our relationships. We need healing in our finances. We need healing at work. We need healing within our families. You know, we need healing. We need restoration, in some area or another. And you know what? For some of us, sometimes the healings that we're after don't even involve us. It's bigger than us. We're praying for healing. I'm praying for healing within the United Methodist Church if you've seen what's happening right now. I'm praying for healing within our nation, right? My point is, is that this just isn't just physical types of healing. There's all types of healing that we need in life that God wants to help us with. And it's something we need to know how to pray for. And you know what? Fortunately for us, God gave us a guide on how to pray for healing. This is so cool. I don't know if you know this or not. I don't know if you've ever picked up on this or not. Chances are, though, you have seen this verse from 2 Chronicles floating around. And I want to share a little bit more about this verse. This is a piece of scripture that involves a conversation that God had with King Solomon about his nation. This is a promise that God had for Solomon. And I think it's a promise that he still has for each one of us. And this promise of God, part of it is for healing. And he tells us what we need to do and the attitude we should have that will open us up to receive his blessing. So let's talk about it this morning. So here we go. It's in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. I'm going to read this with you. Um, if you got your message notes open, go ahead and open those up, and we're going to fill in some blank. For those of you that are online, get the Ridge app. If you don't have it, go and get it, and then open up those message notes and follow along with us, okay? Here we go. It says this. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. Good old King James Version right there. It doesn't get any better than the King James Version. I'm going to focus on the word heal right here. Let's focus on that word for just a minute. Because Jesus says, or God says, if you do these things, I will heal, I will hear, I will forgive, and I will heal. Now, a few things to notice as we talk about this healing process that God brings in this scripture. First thing we notice is that it starts off with my people. Look at the top. If my people, right? So first off, we see that this promise is for God's people. This isn't a promise. You remember how I've said that there are certain promises that are only for God's people. This isn't for everybody out there. This is for people that are following after the will 
of God. So the next logical question, well, who are God's people, right? And here's what I would say. Anybody that has given their heart to Christ, right? Anybody who has asked for forgiveness, anybody that is seeking to follow after God and his ways, those are the people of God. And so in this verse, God basically says, listen, if you are my people, if you're following after me, if you believe in me, if you trust in me, if you lean into me, keep reading. This promise is for you. So the first thing we notice is this is for God's people. The second thing we notice is this, for those who are called by his name. That we have to call out his name. And if you remember for last week, the reason that we call out on the name of Jesus is because he is holy. And we should be reminded that we should take a stand for the name of God, for the name of Jesus, any time we get because there's power in the name of Jesus. So the first thing we notice is that this is a promise for God's people. Second thing, we've got to pray in God's name. And then the third thing is that there are four things here, four things here that we have to focus on, four conditions in this verse for healing. Four things you need to be aware of, Four things that will make your request for healing very powerful. If you remember, I've, I've always thought, said that generally in Scripture, when God gives a promise, when there's a promise for us, there's a premise, right? There's a condition there for us. Not that God won't answer if we don't do these things. It's just that if we do these things, then it places us in a better position for God's blessing, right? Why wouldn't we want to do everything we could possibly do to open up our hearts and our lives for God to work? So here's the four things, humility, prayer, seeking his face, and turning from wicked ways. Let's talk about those. Number one in your message notes, we're going to talk about being humble. Number one is be humble. When it comes to those areas in our life that need healing, the first thing we have to do is admit that we're not in control. We got to admit, God is God and I'm not. That Humility is often the first step to healing, okay? Please hear me. Humility is often the first step towards healing, And here's the reason I say that is because humility isn't our strongest suit sometimes, is it? In fact, most of the time that we're in this mess, if we're being honest with ourselves, most of the time we're struggling with this, most of the time that this happened, whatever it is that I need restored, that I need healed, that I need help with, is because I broke it. It's because I was taking too much charge over it because I was in control. And it's all because of me. And I don't know about you, but when, when I try to do too much, I generally, try, I, I generally make things worse, is what I do. And please, please, understand that, please understand that when I'm saying this, I, I'm not trying to say not to work your hardest. You should work hard. In fact, St. Ignatius puts it this way. I love this quote. Look at this next one. Pray as though everything depended on God and act as though everything depended on you. I love this. This is a great quote. Y'all should all Facebook quote this later, okay? This is great. And we're really good at this. You know, I want you to pray hard and I want you to work hard. The problem is, is that a lot of times what we do is we focus on the second part. I'm going to act as though everything depends on me and I'm going to work and I'm going to try and I'm going to do my best. And you know what? If I fail, if I don't succeed or if I get myself into a place that I can't get out, then, then I'm going to pray. Then I'm going to pray as though everything depended on God because I've already tried everything that I could do. And unfortunately, this isn't the attitude we're supposed to have. 
And this is not what scripture teaches us. You know, I mean, I think about it this way. Doesn't it frustrate you, frustrate you when someone you love is trying so hard that you know they're struggling, you know there's a problem in, in their life, but they won't tell you about it? They're trying everything on their own. They're trying to do everything themselves and they will not. Stubbornness and pride get in the way and you can just see that things are getting worse and not getting any better. But there's nothing you can do because they're not being humble and asking. How do you think God feels when we try and try and try and we, we, we do everything that we can and God is just an afterthought, right? When things don't go our way. Humility is often the first step towards healing. We gotta humble ourselves and come to the one that is in control. The second thing we gotta do is we just gotta pray. We gotta ask God. Second thing is ask him. Ask God. Simple, we just gotta pray for it. This scripture says, if my people will humble themselves and pray. And you know what's great about this? When I, when I think about what this verse means, it, it means that when I pray something and I ask God for his help, I realize I'm not waiting on God. He's waiting on me. How cool is that? Like, I'm not waiting on him. He's been waiting on me. You know, going back to that whole working things out on our own, sometimes we get so consumed with trying to do everything ourselves that we don't take the time to really stop and just ask God, and he wants us to. Why don't we spend more time and just ask them? Remember what I said a couple weeks ago? Our daily needs, those things that we struggle with each and every day. How often the things that we're anxious and stressed about, how often do we stop and we just ask God? Very rare sometimes, isn't it? It, it is. And you know what? Truth is, for some people... This can be a little scary sometimes, asking God for help in those areas that we're so desperate in that we need healing, that we need restoration. Some people are like, I just don't know how and I just don't know what and what if God doesn't come through for me in the way that what then? Here's what I'd say about asking God. Just three extra little points. If you're writing this down on paper, you can put these, um, put these down off to the side. But I want you to remember that Jesus wants to talk to you, number one. I just want you to know Jesus wants to talk to you. Please remember that. If you're willing to remember that, what it does is it gives you more confidence in your spiritual walk. Whatever is going on in your life, just take a, take a moment and remember Jesus wants us to bring our needs towards him. In Philippians, you remember what Paul says? Paul says, don't worry about anything and pray for everything. Don't worry about it, pray about it and pray for everything. But yet there is still that thought in our mind where we say, yeah, but. We have those yeah, but moments. Yeah, but. Does God really want to hear about everything all the time? Does God really care about what I'm going through? Have you seen what's on the news and what's going on and everything that's happening in the world today? It's just chaos. Why would he care about me? We have all these yeah, but statements. I just want you to remember that when it comes to asking God, Jesus wants you. It's a relationship. What he wants is he wants it to be like a child with a parent where a child is just talking and talking. Children don't stop talking sometimes, do they? And they don't stop asking for stuff, do they? That's what they do. They're children. We're children of God. That's what God wants from us. He wants that relationship. And you know what? He wants us to ask and then to, just like a child does with their parent, just to trust. Trust that God is that good, good father that we talked about a few weeks ago that will make that decision for us. So remember that he wants to talk to you. 
Another thing you gotta do when it comes to asking God is you gotta get people to pray with you. This is so important. And anybody can pray with you. And newsflash, y'all, I'm not the only one that prays in the church, okay? Okay, I'm not. And the reason I say that, it's not that I don't love praying. I love praying. I'll pray for you. It's just that generally when people have a prayer request, their first thought is, I gotta tell the preacher. And that's fine. And I love praying and I will pray for you, but I do want you to know that scripture says that anyone can pray for you. Scripture says in Matthew 18, Jesus said that where two or three are gathered, he is there. You don't have to have 50 people gathered to pray for you. And you don't have to have your awesome preacher praying either, although it does help. (laughs) Two or three people. Grab them. Bring them in. Share with your church congress. Share with your church family and let them pray for you and with you. You got to ask God. You got to pull some people in to pray with you. And then the last thing that I would say about point number two, and then we'll move on, is that you got to keep asking God. Don't pray one and done. Don't, Don't just say one thing and then expect God to answer and then just be done with it. Keep praying and keep asking because sometimes when it comes to God, the answer is instant. Sometimes it takes days. Sometimes it takes weeks. Sometimes it'll take years. But we've got to trust that God is at work, and I'm going to keep asking until God tells me to stop. God is responsible for the answer. We're responsible to ask. God's responsible for the answer. We're responsible to ask. So remember that he wants you to ask. He wants you to pray about everything. He wants you to grab some people, and he wants you to keep at it. Keep talking to him. The third thing you got to do is you got to seek his face. Number three, seek his face. That's what this scripture says. And what that means is that we got to seek after God, right? Let your request be focused on drawing closer to the presence of God. And maybe it's, maybe it's good every now and then to stop praying for so much stuff and start praying for more presence. Stop praying for more stuff and start praying for more presence. I love that. I'm not talking about the presence that you receive. I'm talking about the presence of God in your life. Because that's what we're after and that's what God wants. God wants us to draw closer to him in those moments, especially in those moments of healing. What is God's promise in scriptures that he will draw close to us if we look to him and if we ask him to and if we are seeking him. We all need that when we're praying for a miracle of restoration. You know what starts to happen when this is something that we focus on? Our prayers begin to change. They do. Sometimes our prayers will kind of morph itself and we'll start praying, you know what, God, even if I don't get my answer, even if this doesn't happen, even if I don't get the healing that I'm looking for, even if I don't get the restoration I need, even if you don't answer this the way I want you to, I am still gonna trust you. What I want is to seek more of you. What I want is in this moment, I want to be completely and wholly satisfied in your presence and what you want for me. And here's why that's important. It's because sometimes, sometimes we tend to look at God as though he's a cosmic snack machine. We come to him and we put our money in and we do 
what we want to do and we select an item and then we wait for it to, to drop out. And then every now and then, that candy bar gets hung on the ring. Is there anything more devastating in life than a candy bar hung on the ring of a snack machine? You know, how many of you have ever rocked the snack machine? Be honest, to try to get it. Look at all you bad people in church. Don't do that. But sometimes we can feel that way with God because we t- come to him and we say, you know, I did my part. I did what I'm supposed to do. You should do yours. I came to you. I prayed. I asked again and again and again, why aren't you giving me what I want? And I don't think it's too hard to see why this attitude is harmful. Because at the end of the day, what we really need and what we really should be after is more of his presence, more of his will, more of what he wants in our lives. What he wants is for us to trust him and lean into him and to really seek after him no matter what happens next. And then the last thing we got to do is we got to turn our attention to God. This is exactly what it says in Second Chronicles. We got to turn our attention towards God. That verse says we got to turn from wickedness. We got to turn away from being wicked. When I use that term, let's define wicked. When I, talk, when I use the term wicked, what's the first thing that pops up in your mind? How many of y'all are thinking Broadway play? Okay, there you go. I want to be popular? Yep, okay. Um, Here's how I'm going to define wickedness and being wicked. It's turning our attention away from God. It's anything that distracts us from the presence of God. It's anything that takes our attention away from him. And here's why I want to define it that way is because sometimes when we talk about wickedness and we talk about evil, we tend to put it in such large categories that we would never lump ourselves into it, right? We tend to think of evil, we, we tend to think about the extremes in life like genocide or abuse, and we would look at those things, and that's easy to dismiss because I'm not evil, I'm not those things. I would never say that. I may, I may not make the best decisions, but I'm not that bad, right? I can't be lumped into those types of categories, but the truth is what Scripture teaches us and what Romans 3.23 says is that we've all sinned, and we've all fallen. Everyone struggles with it. And what we are called to do in life, we all have those moments of wickedness where we turn our attention away from God and we turn it to other things that do not deserve our attention. And what we've got to do is we've got to learn to turn away from that temptation, to turn away from that sin and to turn our attention back towards God because we are so easily distracted in the world that we're in. The other day, Shannon was talking to me, and I can be honest and say I was having a hard time giving her all my attention because Freeman was at the plate and Acuna was on second. And so I was like, uh-huh. I was like, uh-huh. Going back and forth. And she quickly reminded me that if I wanted to continue having a conversation with her, I would need to give her my undivided attention, right? You know what that's like in your relationships and how easy it is to be distracted. I wonder how God feels when we need healing, when something is messing up in our life and we need restoration and we give everything else our attention and very little goes towards him. I think what he wants from us is he wants that undivided attention and when he has it, that's when he's able to respond. 
So with all that being said, while we're in this series of prayer, I don't, I don't know what you came in here with this morning. But here's what I've realized in, in my years of ministry is that everybody is going through something that needs attention. Everybody's going through something that needs prayer, that needs, in essence, healing. And I think that we have such a great formula for success found in 2 Corinthians. Um, and isn't it so amazing? Isn't, isn't it so amazing that God gives us this? Like, that God actually provides these details, right? Like, he doesn't just leave us hanging, expecting us just to figure it out on our own, but he lovingly gives us this guidance, So remember the words to King Solomon, the promise that he had for him and the promise that he still has for us today, that if we humble ourselves, if we ask him, and if we seek his face, if we turn our attention to him, if we do this, the promise is hearing and healing. Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you for the promises that are given in Scripture. It's pretty amazing, God, that we, that we have this opportunity to learn so much from you, from the words that you have provided. And it's pretty amazing to see that you actually want to talk to us and have conversations with us. So God, when it comes to healing that we need, that everybody needs to happen in their lives, God, just remind us to humble ourselves, to come to you first. God, you need to be the first option, not the last option to ask you for help, to spend those moments during the day giving you every detail of what we need. Not only that, to keep asking and to keep coming to you and to seek your will above everything else, even above our own wants in whatever situation we're in, and to completely turn our attention to you and to stop being so distracted by the world around us. And if we do these things, God, we're reminded of your promise. So God, I just pray for the healing that needs to take place in this congregation. I don't know what everybody is dealing with right now, but I do know that everybody has their own situation that needs restoration. So God, would you just be with them, guide them, and bring your healing to them, I pray. And when we get, God, when we get to the other side of whatever problem we're facing, we'll be sure to give you all the glory. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. Amen. Hey, let me-